Blog Talk Radio. Dear Heavenly Father, 
Father God, we thank you so much. I thank you so much, and I believe that everyone else does as well. For the days that we're in right now, for the for the things that you're teaching us right now, for the progression that we've all made to some degree in our walk, and for everything, for the promises that you've laid out before us that go beyond the comprehension of those of us, of all of us ultimately, that the eternity that we have laid out before us as a as a grace a gift a gift of grace through your grace and through the sacrifice of our lord and our friend jesus that we have things to look forward to that are so beyond our own comprehension beyond what we can even put into words that nothing but happiness and joy really should enter into our hearts no matter how dark and difficult the times that we might be surrounded by here on this earth are father Thank you for helping us to understand, really, in the grand scheme of all of creation, that essentially those of us who understand who we were before the foundations of the earth and who we are now uh, as chosen ones of yours, um, you know, a royal priesthood, even as we exist on this earth, to understand that we are actually the aliens. We are the sojourners. We, not that there aren't other beings, of course, we naturally we know that, uh, but to recognize that our true home is not here, it never was, and that the perception that we are of this place uh, is one that is shrouded in uh, incredible, amazing mysteries uh, and uh, revelations that help us to understand how insignificant the challenges and the trials and tribulations are that we're going through or may have gone through or whatever hills and valleys that we're journeying through. Father, we just praise you for that revelation. We praise you for helping us to understand that this journey while wrought with remarkable challenges at different times and to different degrees and magnitudes, some of them absolutely beyond devastating, um, that it really is inconsequential. And to also be able to come to the recognition or the, the realization that our existence here is not only transient and not really real in the sense that we tend to think about it, but it is our eternal destiny that is actually truly real and is the whole reason essentially why we are in this training program in this prison planet as the elect, uh, having been able to elect uh, to some degree um, the things that uh, we we were or are to go through as part of our journey here on this earth. Uh, as part of the judgments that have been levied upon us in Psalm 82. Father, we just praise you for these revelations because, you know, if we if we do as I have been doing an awful lot in the last two years, especially, look at things through earthly eyes and allow the, the darkness of the earth to overtake us, to trouble our hearts, to cause us to... Uh, not only be frustrated with um, our own personal life dynamics, but to not want to be here so badly that you know we, we would even cry out to you as Elijah did uh, for uh, an early departure. 
without understanding the ramifications of that and the gift of grace that you have given us to partake in this this uh, hologram uh, for the sole purpose of assisting you, our Father, our Abba Father, and our Lord Jesus in the very mission that Jesus was sent here to this planet to undertake on our behalf and on the behalf of all, all of those who may not have been called with such a clear voice as we, but nevertheless are our brothers and sisters, and we are needed by the throne room, by the crown, by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to continue the work that he has established on this earth and make a greater change, stomp out the works of the devil, and ultimately uh, diminish dramatically uh, the impact that the darkness has had on this earth uh, as we touch people's lives through our own uh, behaviors, our works, uh, the things that we do, the kindnesses that we show, uh, the visiting of... Uh, uh, of um, uh, you know, orphans and the, you know, helping of widows and all the things that we're essentially asked to do as part of our walk. As simple as it is and as it is laid out before us, particularly in the book of James, um, we tend to make things far, far more difficult and judge ourselves very harshly uh, as far as whether or not we believe in our hearts that we're qualified when in reality we should have surrendered the notion that we could even conceive of qualifications because it is only through your righteousness, not ours, but yet through our determination and, and desire deep in our hearts and to, to, to overcome, to be strong, to be all the things that you want us to be, to continue in our walk, to progress, to become more holy, to seek your righteousness even more than ever before, to, to walk in, in as best as we possibly can in your perfect will, and to actually glorify and, and to feel good about ourselves because we, you know, even though we're, we know it's imperfect, we believe in our hearts that we're doing the best that we can and that we're in a good place, and uh, we believe in our hearts that um, we, we have a shot. You know that we were not not just called, but that you know, that you know that maybe that we might be chosen, and then even greater than that, greater than that hope is the hope that perhaps as we continue to walk in your will and to touch other people's lives uh, as representatives of the kingdom and really a reflection of our Lord Jesus here on this earth through peace and love, long-suffering, kindness and gentleness and, and goodness and, and all the things that are a part of walking and living and you know sojourning in the Spirit, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Godhead, the the knowledge of the truth, and understanding the significance of our role here on this earth with Jesus. When we come to those revelations and we focus on and and our minds become, as the Scripture says, stayed on things above and not on things of this world, we're able to understand that it is the eternal, our eternal existence, our salvation, the hope and glory of heaven that awaits us, the uh, eternal ruling and reigning with Jesus that's, that potentially lies before probably the vast majority of us, if not all of us, hopefully. And Father, that gives us all 
um, deep down inside an excitement and, yes, indeed, a yearning to, to leave this place because of its inherent darkness, but also to remember that there's a reason we're here in the first place. And our first love, our Lord Jesus and his will in our lives becomes paramount and takes precedence to all the other things that we might wish or hope for. And then in that dynamic, we're able to embrace the reality of what we're doing here and take far less seriously all the things that we see happening around us and be able to embrace scriptures such as uh, those which say at midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. To understand that the things that are about to transpire on this earth and that are well in progress, even now, that might take a while to unfold, could be years uh, for them to unfold, many more than perhaps uh, the majority of us are, are willing to even consider, could be less. And when we realize who we are and stay focused on that eternal reward, staying focused on the fact that we, we that any of the sadness, any of the frustrations, any of the disappointments, any of the feelings that are inherently negative and sorrowful associated with our place on this earth, even today, the, the, the challenges, the trials, the tribulations, or the, the, the ostracizing of uh, us from family members, from perhaps churches and gatherings and, and all kinds of different dynamics that are associated with our earthly walk, recognizing hopefully in our hearts, deep in our hearts, that and knowing beyond just simple belief, but actual experiential knowledge that we are not from here. Indeed, we are aliens of this earth. We are truly sojourners. And through our incarnation only, do we become any part of this world? And that dynamic ultimately changes as our sanctification increases and we draw closer and closer to you, whereby we are able to stand in the midst of those things which are spoken of in Psalm 91 and not be negatively affected by them, not be deeply troubled by the losses that many others are devastated by and in, in fact will end up ultimately losing their faith and blaming you. When in reality, these were all things that were planned before there was time. These are all things that were planned as part of our walks. Psalm 139, verse 16, Ephesians 2.10, Father, we praise you for helping us to understand these things and to divorce ourselves from the concerns of this world. And to understand that you do have us in the protection of your holy hands. And that Jesus does have us in the protection of his holy hands. And while that does not mean that we are once saved, always saved, and, and, first, and, 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 and it, it does mean that with any reasonable effort and true love coming from deep inside of us for you, for our Lord Jesus as our first love, and that the... the just an astonishing revelation of who we actually are and why we're here and how very close we are to the departure should cause us to shift from our typical earthly views that might cause us disappointment, frustration, self, you know, perhaps self-loathing or, you know, you know, just all kinds of negative emotions, feeling sorry for ourselves. 
when instead we should really be seeing things through supernatural and eternal eyes and recognizing how awesome and truly exciting it is to be called in such a fashion that we're a part of this unbelievable transition of us, who we are as minor gods, as it says in the scripture, part of the Godhead, a royal priesthood, kings and priests, recognizing how incredible that is when it is overlaid upon the backdrop of all of eternity and multiple universes, trillions of galaxies, trillions of planets, trillions of life forms, multiple dimensions. It is so beyond our comprehension, so mind-blowing and mind-bending that we oftentimes lose sight of it and fall into a state of mind that is just encapsulated in falsehoods, falsehoods that are associated with a deception of this existence on this particular planet without regard to who we actually are in the universe of all the beings that exist. To be truly chosen by he who created all things, everything, and to be considered royalty in the universe by even other beings and civilizations, and to have that even documented in books from testimonies of people who have been uh, interviewed, that have been in the presence of, well, other alien beings not from this planet. How amazing is it that the testimonies of those who have been in the presence of such beings, whether without any regard to the status or, um, you know, whether they were good or bad beings or whatever the case is, it, just tossing that aside, but yet recognizing that through the testimonies of those who have been in the presence of otherworldly beings over decades and decades and decades of time, those testimonies line up to tell a story, and that story is that which is in our Bible, that which if we open up our hearts and our minds and look with supernatural eyes and ears at what it is you've told us about who we are, why we're here, and why we should be excited, full of joy, and our our speech, our thoughts, our ministering of to others should be absolutely full of salt in such a fashion that we are we blow the minds of other people. They they simply cannot understand how we could go through all the things that we're going through or all the trials and tribulations or lost 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 lives. Lost lives of people that are a major part of our family, in some cases direct members of our immediate family. And to and to be able to, to let it roll off of our shoulders, to be treated awfully in, in a situation where some people with complete envel- enveloped in the earth in the in the earthly ideas of the fallen man would be tempted to take their own lives so wrapped up and and just utterly overwhelmed with the negativity associated with their perception of their reality that they are willing they they might be willing to completely sacrifice and and, and eliminate any, any possibility that they might be a part of the greatest revelation and the greatest uh revealing of the greatest king and friend and lover of our souls and that the intimacy of us and the fact that we are royalty in the universe has sadly escaped so many. 
that they had never even had the opportunity, or if they were given the opportunity, never took it, to be able to recognize without going into endless verses out of Ecclesiastes, how utterly fruitless and meaningless all of the things are that we're going through in this life. And to be able to just, with incredible courage, be able to come before our Father and actually ask you, Father, if it's necessary that you just burn down our house, that you take away the things that we hold dear. That if there is something that stands in the way of us and our intimacy with you and our love and priorities and our walk for you and our Lord Jesus, that those, that we are truly from the bottom of our heart willing to and even ask you to make those adjustments in our lives that would be devastating to anybody else but to us ultimately don't mean anything. They do. We don't want to live in the streets. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to be bitten by bugs. We don't want to have to go through that. We don't have to want to have to be digging for sandwiches and hoping for birds to walk by that we can, you know, have a snack like Elijah. We 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 don't don't want to have to go through those things. If not, if it, if it, as Jesus says, if it is at all possible, Father, you know, take this cup from us. But at the same time, understanding that. The gifts that we have, the comforts that we have, the you know maybe there are people listening that are from South Korea right now that that escaped across the demilitarized zone and used to be part of the underground Church of North Korea. Maybe there are people listening to this right now that are uh, currently in a particular part of the world that is heavily. Um, attacked, uh, persecuted, where they have lost many loved ones, maybe all their immediate family, and they're, they're listening and participating in this prayer befuddled because they, they, they can't relate and, and certainly, hopefully, feel sorry for the vast majority of American Christians, understanding that it is the very comforts that, the, that we were afforded by your grace, Father, that will ultimately lead to the demise of so many that believe they are yours but are not, because their priorities are out of order. They don't love you with all of their heart, their mind, and their soul. They have not made the transition into becoming Jesus on this earth, and they do not carry with them the salt, the light, the love, and all the excitement that should come along with who we are. And instead are where I was and have a, and, and occasionally fall into, you know, as, as times become difficult, but that journey brings us slowly, ever so slowly, to a place, hopefully, if we continue to pursue you, to a place where we, we come to the recognition of the folly, the vanity associated with anything that is hopeful of those things on this earth. That there should be some earth dynamic, some uh, friendly group of people, some fellowship that is aligned with our understanding of the things that are unfolding on this earth in such a fashion that it might give us some earthly comfort. Or that we should, you know, maybe have a little less of a challenge associated with our jobs, the burdens, the travel, the difficulties of uh, paying the bills, whatever it is. The scary uh, notions that are uh, that are before us right now that may become a reality associated with the cost of food. We understand that the almost certainly we are marching through the second, third, and entering into the fourth seal in in, in parallel and it's at the same time. 
and that these things are rolling out before us, however, how amazingly exciting that is, to be able to see it and to be able to have it draw us out of that self-centered, narcissistic, uh, emotional, uh, myopic feeling that we all tend to slip into when we examine our own situations with our own earthly eyes and somehow feel that we got jilted, we got the short end of the stick. When we don't, because we lose sight of the reality associated with who we actually are. We lose sight of the how awesomely exciting, their words cannot, the supremely exciting it is to recognize that we have almost come to the culmination of the, one of the greatest events that is, has probably ever happened and might ever happen in all of creation, which is the, 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 the manifestation really of, of the sons of God through these trials and tribulations in this prison planet that we would be able to glorify you, Father, in your presence. Oh, hallelujah for the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of millions that have come before us and stand before you in an innumerable company of angels as a congress of minor gods that give you glory even to this day and root us on as the cloud of witnesses. Concepts that we can only believe through faith. But once we do truly understand the significance of it all and are able to position it within our belief systems where it belongs in the appropriate priority, recognize quickly that those things that caused us to feel bad in the first place were utterly insignificant. And that changes all of our walk dynamics in such a fashion that we're able to be set free as we ought and to have that salt, to have that excitement, to have that joy that we ought to have, that we're commanded to have, that, we, that, that, that if we were living truly in alignment with the Scripture and in accordance with the sanctification of growing closer to you in our walk of holiness, separated from all those things of the world, excited about who we are in the universe, excited about who we've been called to be and the opportunities that are laid before us, excited to be able to bring uh, light and love to this earth that is going to become infinitely more dark than it is even now, and to be able to touch other people's lives and, get, and derive true joy from that. Oh, Lord, Father, God, we praise you and thank you for any of us that truly live a life whereby, even though we may not have arrived in our sanctification, even though we're maybe struggling with some emotion still, we are those who have come to a place in our walk where we cannot stand to see somebody else suffering, where when we are given the opportunity to lend a helping hand to someone who is going through hard times, that it gives us true joy, that we're excited to be able to do that, and we look forward to the opportunity to be able to do that. And that is the quintessential essence of our existence because that is the compassion of Jesus in us showing through and causing us to live the works of glory and light and love that we were called to live through Christ in us, which is the, uh, the, 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 the demonstrable and, and, and uh, part of our walk that makes us who we are, whereby we can look back upon it and rejoice and have joy in it, because if it weren't for Jesus, we wouldn't feel that way in the first place. 
And once we recognize it, how glorious it is, Father, to continue to seek you, to give you praise, no matter how dark or difficult the time is that we're going through, no matter how earthly emotion, uh, you know, earthly bound our emotions might be at any given time, to recognize what the goal is, to recognize where it is we are heading, to know what that, that, that target is, that, that place that we should be in, in our hearts and our minds, so that it so that paradoxically we can actually be those who you ask us to be as opposed to being sad and and you know totally distraught over all the dynamics that are surrounding us in our own lives and surrounding the world and and to be able to look at it instead through a new set of eyes and understand that this is all part of your perfect will, that it's all part of your movie, that it is all part of the design of the universes, and it is all part of the filtering out of those who you have chosen ultimately to be candidates, to be able to rule and reign over all of creation for all of eternity. And the gravity and magnitude of that responsibility and the, and the rationale behind why we must be humble, contrite, and truly loving and kind, deep, deep inside of our hearts, utterly merciful like you, our Father, and our Lord Jesus. Because if we didn't have those attributes, why would you want to promote us into a position of power? Only to have another satanic uh, rebellion occur. Father, we praise you for everything that you have taught us. We thank you for every uh, step of this uh, journey, no matter how many tears were wrought through it, uh, no ma- matter how many difficult times, no matter how many times we slip and fell, f- have fallen off the narrow path, breaking through the guardrails, uh, finding ourselves at the bottom of a well, walking through essentially a very dark place where we're reaching up for the hand of our Lord Jesus who's coming for that one sheep that slipped. Understanding finally why that one sheep was so important and praising you because you helped us along that journey in tiny little increments over a long period of time because that's when it's truly a lasting, enduring lesson. Nothing easy about it. Things that come easy are easily forgotten. And we praise you, Father, for helping us to see these things. Hindsight is indeed 2020, and to be able to look back upon these things, recognizing that we still have quite the journey ahead, even a longer journey of learning ahead of us once we make it to glory, because we're not going to be instantaneously ruling and reigning with our king but helping us to understand that this is all part of this amazing, amazing journey, an amazing outcome that when overlaid or compared or side by side with the unspeakable number of civilizations of beings across all of creation, indeed multiple universes, to understand who we are because of you, and your choices, and your mercy. That this, that this, this, all of this that we're a part of right now is so huge, so glorious, so amazing that words cannot possibly describe it, even if we entirely understood it, which we don't. 
And if we can't take joy from that and separate ourselves through holiness and see the judgments that are coming upon this earth and to be able to walk through them with that joy amidst all the trials and tribulations and darkness and judgments, it's because we haven't completely separated ourselves unto holiness in our hearts, our minds, our soul, our spirit, our flesh, in all parts of our existence as part of the Godhead understanding that this is who we are called to be, and this planet is not our home, and that we are simply here on a mission, and that it are, the very fact that we understand even a small part of it is, inc- is an incredible gift of unbelievable mercy and grace that ought to be highly motivational and really diminish any sense of negativity, sadness, regret, frustration, uh, personal self-degradation, whatever it is, feeling sorry for ourselves. All those emotions need to just melt away in the light and, and understanding of who we actually are. Just like the song that says, turn our eyes upon Jesus, look into his wonderful face and the things of earth will go strangely dim. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that in our walks, even now, that the things of earth grow strangely dim. In the light of your presence and in the light of the face of our Lord Jesus, the lover of our souls, he who loved us when we were at our absolute worst. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being the wind beneath our wings. Thank you for being he who sets an example of whom we establish as our desire to become. But recognize we are utterly unworthy. And if it wasn't for your incredible mercy and grace, and yours too, Father, we wouldn't even have a shot. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will share that mercy, that the magnitude of that mercy, the power, the, 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 the magnitude, that's the right word, the magnitude of the mercy that you have shown us, the diversities of the mercies that you have shown us, the diversities of the miraculous understandings of the mysteries of the Scripture that help us to understand the magnitude and, the, and how exciting it is to be a part of this journey, even though if we momentarily allow ourselves to slip into the flesh, are horrified to be even aware of in some cases, if we're truly awake. And we praise you, Father, for divorcing us from that place, that part of the journey that might allow us to be affected by our earthly emotions when we should be glorifying in you and the recognition of who you have chosen us to be ultimately and why we're here anyway. We praise you for these revelations. We thank you for the revealing of the mysteries of the scripture that you have shown us. There are probably quadrillions more of them that we don't even fathom and may never have the time while here on this earth to be even able to look into. 
but yet at the same time, Father, to really truly praise you for the opportunity to transition. While we're still in the process of transitioning, we probably will never get out of the process of transitioning while we're here, and we are going to be continuously subject to additional refiner's fire, which will not be pleasant. But to recognize as we're going through that journey, providing that we give you praise, providing that we don't become like the Israelites in the desert, providing that we're not miserable, complaining, uh, you know, and putting things of the earth before you and forgetting who we are and how blessed we are and praising you every single day because we're truly happy and joyful and blown away and excited about the things that are happening around the earth that absolutely horrify all the people who are living in the flesh. But give us a lightning bolt of excitement in our hearts because we recognize that this is the final call. This is the time when millions of our fellow brothers and sisters that have come before us have wished that they could be a part of, many of which have gone through exceedingly difficult times. Many of them had been persecuted, murdered, families killed, tied to stakes, lit on fire, all the most horrific persecutions that any, of our, uh, that any Christians have ever gone through. Yet we live comparatively in luxury in some cases. And it is without those revelations, Father, we would not understand our journey. We would not praise you for the refiner's fire. We would not be deeply glorified in our hearts and so happy that we can look back on the foibles and challenges and dorked up uh, responses, bad emotions that we've had over the years and be able to look at it and finally say maybe at some point, and I can say that, you know, what we all, I think, have victories along that journey and along that path and be able to glorify in them to praise you for them, to wonder how we even got from where we were two years ago to where we are today, and, and to realize that what, how, how uh, it's, a, it's freedom. It's truly, truly freedom. And that freedom is so desperately needed by us, particularly in these days. Because with that freedom, that freedom does not come unless we are completely Divorced, disconnected from all things of this earth, recognizing that we really aren't a part of it. We really aren't. Then it, essentially we're intergalactic um, agents of some sort, chosen to be sent to another planet to take on the body of the indigenous population for the purpose of doing work to the glorification of our Father at our headquarters in heaven, to bring more and more of our fellow brothers and sisters who drank from the cup of forgetfulness and do not recognize who they are, have never seen the opportunity, yet we can open their eyes to just a few words that are anointed by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your holy fire. And we thank you for this opportunity, Father, because it is a transition that brings us to a place that enables us, even without a special anointing of the Holy Spirit, to be, able to, to be who you want us to be, having that joy, having the salt 
that we need to have in our speech to be able to sit in front of someone who's truly distraught because they're looking at everything through earthly eyes and let them know, what are you worried about? We're not from here and we're not staying here. And we are going to a wonderful, fabulous place that makes planet Earth look like a pit. And we just praise you, Father, and thank you for these revelations, and thank you for this journey. Thank you for the refiner's fire. Thank you for the chastening. Thank you for the mistakes that we've made. Thank you for your mercy. Praise you, Jesus, for continuously praying for us, for advocating for us before the courts of heaven, opening our earthly eyes and revealing the supernatural light and love that is that of those whom we hope someday to transition into as truly the full manifestation of your son's place whereby we have the opportunity to be part of the ruling class, the bride of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and he who sang all of creation into existence. We thank you, Father, for who you are. We praise you for being the Father of our salvation, and we thank you, Jesus, for everything that you have suffered, every insult, every miserable, awful tear, everything that you've had to go through on this earth, we become frustrated because we can't communicate or share the things that you have revealed to us, to others around us, because they won't receive it. Oh, if we could only put ourselves in Jesus' shoes to understand what he must have felt like while he was on this earth, knowing living it experiencing it knowing who he was and at the same time being stuck in the same exact incarnated flesh bodies that everyone else on this earth is in men and women bodies that are nothing at all like the light beings that we are going to become when we are like you and that is an exciting exciting thing that very few are able to grasp. And we praise you because by virtue of of us being gifted with that understanding, we have that target to shoot for. We understand why we're here. We have the ability through your grace and mercy to be able to help others see how big this is. In a time where so many of our fellow brothers and sisters have finally arrived at a place in their journeys where they may be able to even receive the most advanced understandings that you have blessed us with, which further empower us to overcome knowing how utterly insignificant our lives, our walks, our existence here on this earth is, with the exception of our calling to stomp out the works of the devil and to help draw in, in any way possible, through the quality of our existence as ambassadors of the Lord Jesus, others to bring them with us. As it says in Matthew 22, the good and the bad. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, forever and ever. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Tonight is October the 21st of 2022, the 26th of Tishri, 5783. The next holiday is Rosh Kodesh Sheshvan, which is um, October the 25th of 2022. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. And tonight, it is now 7.43 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And together... 
if we wish, but we don't have to. Romans 14, it's an option. We can we can work we can worship you, Father, and, and and the Sabbath can be every day. It can be no day. It can be Sunday. It can be Wednesday. Whenever it is, we praise you for that freedom. We thank you, Father, for being set free from the law. We praise you, Father, for it being given the option and desiring truly in our hearts to really share our time with you and look forward to it, not because we're in trouble. Not because we're miserable with the things that we're stuck in the midst of, although that's a beautiful place of peace to reside in, but to do it because we love you, because we want to be in your presence, because we look forward to it and we miss you when we're not. And we're, we know that we always really are, but sometimes we're a little bit more separated because we're pulled and yanked by the darkness of this world and the responsibilities associated with being vine dressers in the vineyard. But at the same time, Father, feeling that wonderful feeling, that washing of light and love come upon us when we are kneeled on our knees in the dark, in the quiet, and in your presence, residing in the secret place of the Most High. And tonight, together, we light the Sabbath candles, if we so desire. I like to light three, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The Hebrew Kadesh. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'yavahu v'ratzon Hinchilanu Zikaron l'masei v'reshit Ki hu yom techila lemikra e kodesh zechelitziat mitzrayim. Ki vanu vacharta veotanu kidashta Mikol Hamim Vishabhat Kodshecha Be'ava Uvratzon Himechaltanu Baruch Adonai Mekadesh Hallelujah. We no longer see your miraculous signs, Father. All the prophets are gone, and no one can tell us when it will end. How long, Father, will you allow our enemies to insult you? Will you let them dishonor your name forever? Why do you hold back your strong right hand? Unleash, unleash, please, Father, your powerful fist, and bring your judgments down upon this earth. For as Isaiah 29, 
Verse 26-29 says, For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. And Father, we praise you for your judgments, more than just at midnight, because they are righteous. And that righteousness brings more people home. That scary moment of knowing that you might die any second might be second that is necessary for so many millions to call out upon your name. Blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, and all those who call out upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Acts Acts 2, verse 22. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Might be 21. Sometimes I forget. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30, verse 5. Praise you, Jesus. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together.
for me, far be it from me, that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. 1 Samuel 12, 23. For I have come to set man against father, daughter against mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me. It's not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his earthly life is going to lose it. But he who loses his earthly life for me will find his eternal life. We praise you, Father, and thank you. Hallelujah. Thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirits of the humble, to revive the hearts of the contrite ones. Contrite means feeling or expressing remorse, penitence affected by guilt, with a broken or contrite heart, remorseful, repentant, repentant, penitent, regretful, rueful, or sorry. We praise you, Father. Father, we pray that you will make us an instrument of peace. Where there is hatred, help us to sow love. Where there is an injury, help us to teach and show your pardon. Where there is doubt, let us instill faith. Where there is despair, through our light and love, hope. Where there is darkness, help us to share light. Where there is sadness, joy, O Father, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved or as more so to love. For it is in giving that we receive and in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Dying of the things of this earth. We praise you, Father, and thank you. 
For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your mercy towards those of us who fear you. As far as the east is from the west, so far you've removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so you, Father, pity those of us who fear you. You know our frame, and you remember that we are dust. Psalm 103, 11 through 14. Father, please, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will keep us back from presumptuous sins and not allow them to have dominion over us, because only then will we be blameless. Only then shall we be innocent of great transgression. Psalm 19.13 Let us presume nothing, Father, for our citizenship is in heaven, which we so also eagerly wait for our King, the Lord Jesus, who would transform our lowly bodies, that's putting it lightly, that we may be conformed to His glorious body, light beings of power and love, according to the working by which you, our Lord Jesus, are even able to subdue all things to yourself. Philippians 3.20 Praise you, Jesus. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our hearts, our soul, our spirit, our flesh, our hearts, our, our, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven, and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and your holy fire. Praise you, Jesus. We clear the air. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness, rulers of darkness in high places. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we decree fire swords of cherubim to shoot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We declare the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar in the in the throne room of God and burn you into screaming and horrific agony. Any unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that is in our household, on our property that attempts to come against us, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior. Live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven that attempts to set their wills against us at the very moment that they do. They shall be struck in Jesus' name. We command it by the holy fire of God, and it shall stick to them and burn them in the screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them across the demonic ether. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, scattering the darkness in all directions. Hallelujah. We exercise the rule of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, over any demonic regions that would attempt to set their wills against us. We exercise the rule of the victor, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, against all demonic regions that have permitted these spirits in or through their territory for the purpose of coming against us or our loved ones. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books and artifacts of sorcery, the vaporizing of all earthly and spiritual weapons, the vaporizing of all fiery darts in Jesus' name. We require the immediate reversal of all their schemes, the cancellation of all their assignments, the tearing up of all of their evil contracts. Penalties applied. We cast them into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We command the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. This time I like to use holy oil. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Father, we consecrate ourselves into your complete ownership. 
We consecrate ourselves into your hands, Lord Jesus. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us, in Jesus' name. We declare and plead your abundant grace upon us. We plead and pray for the living water, the crystal river, the flow deep into our hearts and to purify us so that we become the essence of Titus 1.15. To the pure, all things are pure. We plead the blood of Jesus to cleanse us now and eternally. We declare and decree that no weapons raised against us, neither earthly nor spiritual, shall even exist. For at the very moment they're conceived, they shall be vaporized by the fire of God. We rebuke all evil, all entities of the darkness, all reflections of the darkness, that it must flee. We cancel all demonic assignments. We break all yokes of bondage and curses placed against us. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection around us on all sides, a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit in perpetuity to blow it white hot in the name of Jesus Christ, punching through the spiritual realm, melting the firmament of the rock, scattering the, the, dark, the demons of darkness, wrapping itself around like a fire tornado in the mighty name of Jesus Christ around our praise, around our prayers, and around our talking and discussions with you, Father God, that they may not be hindered. Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we thank you because we are and believe in our hearts that we are ready for all. And if we are not, Father, we pray that you will bring down that refiner's fire upon us and to break down our earthly will to take away all of our fear that we may be able to look back with 20-20 hindsight and recognize that we were in your hands the entire time. Let only your will be done in us and all of us, Father God. We wish no more than this. Into your hands we commit our soul. Into your hands we commit our spirits. We offer it to you with the love of our heart. Father, we seek you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify in your presence. We don't want to be here, but we know what our mission is, and we are happy and glorified and just full of joy to be able to execute upon it with precision through your mercy and grace and empowerment through the glory of God in our lives. We surrender ourselves into your hands without reserve and boundless confidence, for you are our Abba, Father. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Father God, listen and do not delay, we pray. For your people, oh yes, Lord, we hope to be the bride of your Son, our King Jesus. We cry out to you this day and we ask you, Father, let not our prayers ever be hindered. First Peter three seven. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah.
Praise God. The courts of heaven scriptures, 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We are, right now, a royal priesthood. If we only really understood what that meant. Ezekiel 22.30, so I thought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap 
before me on behalf of the land, but I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Now, is it because our Heavenly Father wanted to protect the plants and the trees and the various parts of the land, or is this about the people in the land? Matthew 18, 18. Assuredly, Jesus said, I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. One of the most misunderstood scriptures in the entire Bible. Don't bother asking your pastor what it means. They won't know. I'll try, but they won't know. Binding and loosing are legal terms. These are the kinds of legal terms that you would use in a courtroom. We are kings and priests. We are those who will walk in the courts and have charge over the courts of heaven. And a lot more. So when we bind things on the earth and they are bound in heaven, it means that we're operating in the courts of heaven. We are binding clauses. We are binding contracts. We are binding the things that we, the things that we proclaim and declare as a royal priesthood here on this earth as proxies of the Lord Jesus Christ, and with his power and authority, for it is no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. With that authority, we bind, legally bind, powerful commands before the courts of heaven, without even realizing we're able to do it or doing it. We also are able to lose clauses. What are clauses? They're just simply statements and paragraphs and requirements and things that you might find in any given contract. But we're able to lose them. When we lose them, they are no longer binding, which means they have no legal authority. We can take away the legal authority of the demons of darkness to be able to inhabit a, a victim simply by saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Some of those most powerful words ever uttered in all of creation. John twenty twenty three says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Another infinitely misunderstood scripture, particularly within those who refer to themselves as the clergy, the preachers, and teachers. They don't understand what this means. This is authority. This is the authority of Jesus Christ. And we are given that authority as a royal priesthood, working as Jesus Christ in this place, this prison planet, this hologram, this uh, containment zone. Daniel 9.19, O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, listen and act and do not delay. For your own sake, my God, for your own sake. Isaiah 43.25-27, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance and let us work together. Let us contend together. Let us work in the courts. Let us loose and bind together. Let us work with Jesus. Let be who you are, a royal priest before the courts of heaven now, even now, as you bind and loose. Because what you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Where is it done? In the courts of heaven, over all of creation, before Yahweh, the God of gods, most high.
Hebrews 8, verse 6, But now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is the mediator of a better covenant, which is an eternal contract, which was established upon better promises. Interestingly, that it should mention a better covenant. Well, if it's a better covenant, then that means it's superseding or better than what? the prior covenant. So, when Jesus lifted up the cup and says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, he was letting everyone know that the old covenant, while the clauses that have not been superseded by the new still stand, that which was communicated in the New Covenant, the New Testament, through the blood of Jesus, who has the authority over all, to establish those new rules, take precedence and supersede those of the Old Covenant. Zechariah 3, verses 1 through 3, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, so here's Zechariah, and he's looking up, and he's seeing these things happen, almost like Stephen did when he was getting stoned. Instead of going, ow, ow, oh my gosh, this hurts, he's like looking up and glorifying God because he doesn't even feel it. Zechariah is looking up, and he's seeing these things, just like Micaiah when he looked up and he saw uh, in, second, in 1 Kings 22:19, where he saw this, this innumerable company of, of minor gods standing before our Heavenly Father while our Heavenly Father is asking them for advice. Imagine that. Why would he do that? Do you think he does it all the time? I do. I'm sure of it. The assumption that something only happens once because it only appears in the Scripture once is a very, very poor and ignorant assumption. The appropriate assumption is if it happens once in the Holy Bible, it probably happens thousands of times a day in heaven. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest. Who's me? Zechariah. He's looking up. He's seeing these things right now, right before his very eyes, just like with Micaiah. And he says, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him, the accuser of the brethren, who accuses the brethren both day and night. Revelation 12. All of these things are spiritually interconnected. There are no uh, uh, contradictions in the Bible, you have to understand that we are a paradox. When you understand there is a duplicitous or multi-tiered layer of understanding for all of the scriptures and you transcend the context, you are able to see the interconnection in a harmonious manner that it all completely makes sense. But you have to understand the eternal. You have to understand the transition from who we were, who we are, and who we will be. And then you recognize that some things, including prophecies, are directed towards certain groups. Some of them are directed to the foolish virgins. Some of them are directed to the sinners and the unrepentant. Some of them are directed to the wise and the wise and the bride of Jesus Christ. Some of them are directed to these and those. And when you get that and you understand who everyone is, suddenly it all just makes sense. But he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan, the accuser of the brethren, standing at his right hand to oppose him. So right there, Satan, standing in the courts of heaven, 
right before the angel of the Lord and right before Joshua, the high priest. See, it says we are a royal priesthood. It doesn't say we're high priest, does it? Could we be at some point? Maybe. Verse 2, and the Lord said to Satan, where? In the courts of heaven. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. By the way, those are some very strong words coming from a mighty father, a mighty God, our father. How awesome. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was, was clothed with filthy garments and standing before the angel. Then our father said, and he spoke out to those who stood before him, and he said, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Verse 5, and then our father said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. And then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways, if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house, and likewise have charge over my courts. And I will give you places to walk here amongst these who stand here. Oh, if we could only see. Zechariah 2.5, For I, saith the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her. I will be the glory in her midst. The holy fire of God is the greatest weapon that we have the ability to wield as a royal priesthood against the demonic forces of darkness on this earth. It is the greatest weapon. Indeed, it is exactly what the metaphor of the so-called two witnesses that are supposedly going to shoot fire out of their mouths for 3.5 years but they're not. That's a metaphor for the, Christ, the, 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 the olive tree and the lampstand, which is a metaphor for the Christians and the, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles that are made into one through Christ, two groups in, made into one. And through what they speak, through their authority in Christ Jesus, they shall wield the holy fire of God as a weapon against the enemies of God's kingdom and God's people. That's what it means. Why, if Jesus said almost 2,000, if not 2,000 plus years ago, if he said, which he did, and greater things than these will we do, because I go unto my Father. Well, that was 2,000 years ago. You think it might be time that we start doing those things? I do. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Job chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side, every side, every side? 
why did I repeat every side? Because if it gives you, it gives away a mystery. It's right there. It says on every side. So when we're calling down the holy fire of God to, to protect somebody, to do whatever, you know, to whatever, to protect our households, our dwelling places, our loved ones, whatever, it, whatever it is that we are using, what in whatever capacity we are using the holy fire of God, what should we do? We should command it to protect that individual on every side. How many sides are there? In this hologram, in this dimension, how many dimensions, how many universes are there? Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified in Christ and it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So that means the power of Jesus lives in you. Proverbs 16.7, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him, which is a sister verse of uh, 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 Proverbs 21.1. The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord, like the rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wishes, which is a sister verse of Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11. O Lord, I pray, let your ear be attentive to the prayers of your servants and to the prayers of the servants that desire to fear your name, and let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. Praise God. Revelation 1, 5 through 6. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins with his blood and made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 5, 9 through 10. And have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on earth. And I got news for you. <laughs> we shall reign over a lot more than earth. Praise God. Hebrews twelve twenty two to 24. But you have come to Mount Zion. This is not a metaphor. This is literal. You're operating in the courts of heaven. Why wouldn't you come to Mount Zion? Oh, no, this is talking about a mountain in the earthly Israel. No, it's not. It says it's not. It says it right here. But you have come to Mount Zion, too, the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. Wait a minute. Are you seeing there's a Jerusalem in heaven? Yes, because the new Jerusalem descends from the heavens down upon the earth. It's a giant cube-shaped object, very much like the temple that's described in in uh, in uh, Ezekiel 40, 40, 40 and 41 and 40, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It is. Wait a minute. If a gigantic cube comes down from the sky, what will the people on the earth think it is? The Borg? <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're going to think it's an alien spaceship. <laughs> this is so amazing and cool. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. How amazing. To the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. It says right there. To an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly, which is a congress. To the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. To God, the judge of all. To spirits of just men made perfect. And Jesus, the mediator, the lawyer, the advocate of the new covenant. Where? In the courts of heaven. What is an advocate? It's a lawyer. What is he doing? Standing up for us. Because we're dust. 
to the blood and the sprinkling of things that speak better things than out of Abel. And that's putting it lightly. Talk about a uh, scriptural understatement. Glory to God. Hebrews 13.10. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whom whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside of the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside of the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside of the camp, bearing his reproach. In other words, being like him, carrying our cross unto our death in love. 14, for, for here we have no continuing city, for here on this earth, there's nothing that's going to continue. It's all gone. It's all toast. We have nothing to look forward to here. Forget about it. Divorce yourself from all thought having to do with the earth. Worry only about your fellow brothers and sisters and your mission that you were given by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that is it. And then you will have joy. But we seek the one that is to come. Hallelujah. Verse 15. Therefore, by Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of Praise to God. Let us give our bodies holy and acceptable as our spiritual service of worship to you, Father. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices our Father is well pleased. Well, let's see here. So our Father is well pleased with... Seeking our future with him and desiring it with all of our heart. That's derived from verse 14. Through Christ, we offer the sacrifice of praise to our Father. Well, why would that be a sacrifice? Well, if you think about it, really, if you put any heart into your praise for God, you're going to have to stop watching the boob tube for a while, aren't you? You know, or stop reading some book or whatever the case is, or, you know, weeding your garden. There's going to have to be a sacrifice of whatever to appropriately praise and worship our Father, which is something we should desire to do as we reside in the secret place of the Most High. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share. So share your toys with the other kids. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. <laughs> wow. I thought we had to, like, turn into giant light beings and just swoop down on South Africa and, like, save a whole bunch of witch doctors or something. But no, it's not like that. We always think things have to be grand and giant. We've got to have, a, you know, a thousand people in our congregation when the Scripture clearly says in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 14, 15, where it says that our works will be tested of what sort they are. The word sort means quality, not quantity. Quality. Praise God. Nehemiah 1, verses 5 through 8. Your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Now, in our case, we have to move this covenant to the new covenant. So now, when it says, Nehemiah, verses 1 to 5 through 8, it says, Your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Okay, now we have to translate your commandments to 
all the things that we were admonished to do, which are essentially commandments, some from Jesus, some from the apostles, who were ordained to give those commandments. There's hundreds of them. That's why it's so important to be very intimately familiar with all things of the new covenant. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you both day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess of the sins of the, children's of Israel, uh, the children of Israel, which have sinned against you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is strange. Why is Nehemiah confessing of the sins of the people of Israel? How can he do that? Why, Nehemiah wasn't even a high priest. He was a cupbearer. <laughs> Imagine that. But in reality, he was a high priest. Just one of the old covenant, but ultimately to inherit the new covenant. Right? This is amazing stuff, and it's all part of who we are. Praise God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let me take a look. Give you glory, Father. 8.30. Hallelujah. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray, Father of love and peace, help us to examine ourselves. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 to 14. To examine ourselves and to test ourselves and to see whether we are holding to our faith. Help us to realize that Jesus Christ is in us unless we should fail the test, which we shall not. Help us not to do anything wrong. To do nothing against the truth of our Lord Jesus and all the things that we've been admonished and commanded to become through your grace and assistance and help. Help us stand for you, Jesus, and for what is right and true, that our lives, our attitudes, our deeds show continuous improvement in our walk of sanctification through the holy fire of God that refines us. Help us to mend our ways and agree in kindness and love and grace with our fellow believers and brothers and sisters in Christ to live in peace May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ rest upon us. May you, Father, our God of love and peace, be near us. And may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit imbue our very existence, eternally and forever we pray. In Jesus' name, alleluia. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, let me always long for you and 
August of 2019, which I think was just a little bit before the pandemic broke out, which I think the time, maybe the timing of this was pretty supernatural, really, when you think about it, <clears throat> entitled The Greatest Fight of All Time is Here. Measure, by the way, these words against the days that we are in now comparatively. Quote, that which is presenting itself before you now, which you have seen that which you have been trained to battle. As hell has opened her gates and the demons are measured in great number, you will see more and more manifestations of the demonic all around you. <clears throat> Boy, is that uh, an understatement when you compare today against August of 2019. You are targets because of your obedience to me. And these demons will stop at nothing to throw you off track. They prey upon your weaknesses. They look for breaches in your armor. You must not allow them entry. Face them head on, directly speaking verbally the words which I have given you, my holy word. And there is a great power in the spoken word, breath is life, and you deliver life or death with all you speak, so speak forcefully, directly, and with my great authority granted to you, and command them to flee. They must obey. It is me, and you they fear, and also many will come against you. They will. They are still greatly outnumbered and lack any power against those who walk in my commandments. The enemy has only has vehicles in which he inhabits to use and abuse. However, I have finely tuned instruments, which I have refined 
by fire and walk in the fullness of all I am. He is no match for us. The demonic realm, Satan, and his entities of his workers of darkness. It goes on to say, and I quote, The enemy will especially target you through those who are closest to you, your family, your children, your acquaintances. Maintain your position, realizing you must separate the spirits operating through a person from the person themselves. Now apply this, if you will. I inject this thought. Apply what I just read, which was clearly spoken through the Lord through her. Maintain your position realizing that you must separate the demonic spirits operating through the human being from the human being themselves. Now, if you understand this, you understand the power that you have. Imagine a group of marauding robbers, rapists, standing in your front yard and threatening, and in your earthly eyes, it appears that they're threatening threatening you and your family. But when you're able to separate the demonic control over those people and look at the demons that are controlling them and say, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you, get out of them now, drop them, let them out. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Bam. Guess what? Problem solved. No need for earthly weapons. And by the way, if you have an earthly weapon, you're already doomed because you put your faith in that instead of God and the power of Christ. Jesus is not going to afford you his authority and power if you have put an earthly weapon above the power that he has given you. You have shifted your allegiance to something of the earth. That is a slap in the face to the kingdom. You need to know who you are, and you need to know how to wield that power. And it's right here. Maintain your position realizing you must separate the demonic spirits operating through a person from the person themselves. Amen. Why would you want to hurt the victim of the demons? It's just absolutely, incredibly inept. Anyway, praise God. It goes on to say, most times the person will not have the understanding that they are being used by the demonic as a weapon against you. They won't. Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. But that applies to all all believers. I cry out to our Father continuously in my prayers for I don't even know how many people it's an it's a lot I it's a lot and anyway but praise God and I I say you know as I'm praying for all these many of them really wonderful Christians that in my opinion I just keep on saying Father please forgive us forgive us all because we're just so pathetically miserable we really don't realize we you me us all of us we don't realize we don't know what we do we have no idea let us strive to at least have some idea praise God it goes on to say simply speak my word and stand in truth wow well if you don't know the word how are you going to speak the word But if you do know the word, that is a lot of power. No weapon formed against you will be allowed to prosper. Indeed, I will ensure through my prayers that the holy fire of God has already vaporized them. 
No demonic entity will even be able to put their finger on the trigger. They're already going to be covered in the holy fire of God, like white, hot, sticky magnesium napalm, screaming and running through the demonic ether, making a public spectacle of them in accordance with Colossians 2.15, and scattering the darkness in all directions, wishing to high heaven that they had never attempted to come against us in the first place. And that's where we need to put them. Hallelujah. goes on to say, I have given you the war manual in the form of your warfare prayers. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I have given you my word, which is sufficient to battle the hordes of hell as they attempt to devour all in their path. You are not victims. You are victorious in me, and the battle has already been won. It is your position to take authority, which has been given to you, and stand. I will train you using the closest uh, using those closest to you until you learn to overcome before I send you out to others. Quote, you are not to be afraid, for the enemy fears you greatly. You are strong and mighty in me, and he and his army are terrified that my people will now walk in the fullness of who they are in me. This is their greatest fear, and I pour out my spirit upon my remnant in this final hour. Hallelujah. Do not lay your swords down now, my bride. And by the way, these are spiritual weapons, okay, and my army, for you are both to me. I know you are weary, but you must persevere. You must stay strong and continue this spiritual battle until my word is fulfilled. I assure you, you are not alone. I am always with you at your right hand to strengthen you, for you are, uh, uh, for, for all of you are enduring, and all that is now uh, enduring all that is now upon you. The heavenly host is also interceding. Again, the heavenly hosts are also interceding on your behalf <clears throat> as they surround you with their prayers. Do not underestimate all that is being done on your behalf. My angelic guard remains with you as well. Amen. And you are not in this battle alone. Praise God. It may look as if the enemy is winning more and more. But I assure you, his time is very short. I have only given him a very short season to finish the assault on my people before I intervene in this realm. The world will know that the great I am is the source of all, as the wicked are annihilated by my holy fire. Holy fire! I loved you first. I knew you and I ordained you. That's right from John fifteen sixteen. Ordinance does not occur in a church. Ordinance does not occur in a Bible college. Ordinance does not occur at Moody Bible Institute. Ordinance occurs by the Lord Jesus Christ, who is at the head of the church. He ordains not a building and not the inventions of man. Now rebuke that evil. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I loved you first. I knew you and ordained you for what you are experiencing now before you ever came here to this realm. <laughs> Boy, if that doesn't scream pre-existence, I don't know what does. Thank you, Jesus, for a divine word directly from the throne room. Hallelujah. I know you better than you know yourselves. I believe in you because I have seen you through this battle and victorious in my kingdom. So rejoice in this day. Be happy. Don't worry. 
be happy. You are my battle axe and weapons of war to break into pieces all evil forces and destruction, devastation, death, and grave. Wield your swords mightily and shut my victory. Allow me to consume every fiber of, fiber of your being. Allow me to, full, to have full access to you. And you will not believe what I will do in these days, even if it were that I told you. Now it is, and now is not the time to lay down your spiritual sword. I will help you and I will strengthen you. Rise, my mighty ones, and confront the tasks at hand. I promise you this is your last season before everything as you know it will change. This is your final stretch. You are almost home. I realize it becomes more and more difficult to reside here, so be encouraged, for soon you will be with me in my kingdom, almost. My loves, you were born for this very purpose. Thank you for your service. Thank you for saying yes when I asked everything from you. Thank you for not giving up hope in me and all things possible. Thank you for honoring me with your lives and all that I have given you. Thank you for responding to the call that I have placed upon your lives. And thank you for being willing to walk in my footsteps and allow my will to rule and reign in your life. Now, please, please help me bring my lost people home. Help me save my people. And so we shall. Praise you, Jesus. We enter into communion. As your disciples were seated about you at the eve of unleavened bread. You said I'd eagerly yearn for this supper And that you'd suffer so we children could be fed I can only imagine the silence in the room As you passed on the bread to be told They did not understand the reach of his plan In his love we were told to rejoice not to mourn So we gathered from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven to plead to the heavenly courts. You lifted the cup of forgiveness It was paid, it was done You had covered the cause And I can only imagine The thunderous sound As all heaven exploded in chains We were freed from our chains Now all that remains Is to never give in We are destined to win So we gather remembering Destroyer of death, the Lord of our own, the light in our arms, the edge of our sword, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. For we believe in a land, all of 
of creation Restored by His hands Eternity All is revealed By the time we remember All skies will be healed As we long for your coming We imagine the feast The Lord and his bride When our waiting has ceased you. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtain mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has even a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love 
which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just and pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever sounds good, what's a good report, virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. Jesus went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Matthew 26, 39. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3:16. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Father, Have mercy upon us according to your loving kindness and because you're just overflowing with a multitude of tender mercies we praise you blot out our transgressions wash us thoroughly from our iniquity cleanse us from our sin for we acknowledge our transgressions and our sin is always before us Against you, Father, and you only, we have sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, Father, we were brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us. Do you understand the ramifications of that statement? In sin our mothers conceived us? Oh, praise you, Jesus. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. You will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us with hyssop and we shall be clean. Wash us, Father. We will be whiter than snow. Make us your joy and gladness that the bones you've broken may rejoice. Hide your face from our sin and blot out all of our iniquity. Create in us, Father, a clean heart. And renew in us a steadfast spirit that will never give up. Do not cast us away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from us. Let us not grieve the Holy Spirit. Let us walk in concert and harmony in the presence Restore to us, Father, the joy that we ought to have because of our salvation through you. 
Uphold us with your generous spirit. Teach us, Father, to touch others, unbelievers and sinners, your ways. And then they shall be converted to you. And deliver us, O Lord our God, merciful Father, from the guilt of our past sins. And then we shall sing aloud forevermore of your righteousness. Thank you, Father. We praise your name. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. For you, Ani, Lododi, Lododi Lee, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Thank you. 
Praise God. Over the years, if you look at your life, maybe not everybody, but some more than others, doesn't mean anything. It just it it means a lot, but it it doesn't mean anything if you have more or less than someone else. If we all dig deep enough, we'll see God's hands moving upon our lives a lot. It it takes meditation, thought, consideration, remembrance. And the Lord has confirmed for me many, many things, thousands probably. Um, So every time he reveals a mystery to me, then it opens my eyes at a level that was different than where I was before. And then I start to see the harmony of other scriptures that confirm the mystery that was revealed to me in another distant scripture. But it's more than that. So even in my personal walk of learning the things that I had to learn, really for survival's sake, um, because of the demonic assaults that I've been subject to that were life-threatening. Lots of police and all that stuff. Um, the All these things, when you look back upon them, there, there's like confirmations and some of them that are there to teach you to do things. Some of them are there to step up, to teach you to step up your game, your spiritual warfare game, because what you were praying or the way that you were praying was inadequate to deal with the magnitude of the problem. There's confirmations in all, so many different topics and things. And one of the confirmations is this article that I've read many times before on this program, uh, but I'll read again tonight. Um, it's very short. But long, long before this article came out, during this prayer vigil, we were praying. Now, of course, it has grown and changed as the Lord shows me more things than I impl- apply them. Naturally, why wouldn't you? And then your prayer tactics not your prayer strategy, your prayer tactics. The difference is strategy is you have a goal, and that's to stomp the devil and to set the captives free, to create visions and dreams that Jesus himself is in so that the hearts and minds of the destitute lost across the world can be touched supernaturally, as it says in Job 33:14 and 15, where God speaks once, yea, twice, but man perceiveth it not, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction. While we were praying on this prayer vigil, I don't even know for how long, probably in excess of a couple of years. And um, then out comes this article. So one might ask themselves or maybe question themselves. Maybe the, maybe we question our tactics. Maybe we wonder if we really can wield the holy fire of God. Wouldn't we like to see visual evidence? I haven't seen it, but I've had people tell me they saw it which is good enough for me. Blessed are those who do not, who believe and have not seen. And after we were already praying the way that we were on this show, out comes this article and my mouth dropped open. I was like, wow, 
Gospel Herald Ministries. Iran now has one of the fastest growing Christian populations as more Muslims are having dreams and visions of Jesus. In fact, the Lord, we brought a uh, an ex, you know, uh, Muslim Islamic believer who uh, on the program who now has a music ministry and a Jesus ministry. Oh, I think it's over in New Zealand or something, uh, but it, or maybe somewhere in Indonesia. I'm not sure. But he came on the program and he gave his testimony. And he said that he was he became a believer in Jesus because Jesus came to him in a dream. And when I told him, I said, well, on the prayer vigil, we always are praying. That's how we pray. We pray that, that the Lord will come down upon the unbelievers in dreams and visions of the night, Job 33, 14, and 15. Amen. So, by the way, that's part of standing in the gap on behalf of, you know, before the Lord on behalf of the land, that, he, that our Father should save it. This article comes out years later. And the title is, again, Iran now has one of the fastest growing Christian populations as more Muslims are having dreams and visions of Jesus. Despite the severe persecution and acts of terror from ISIS and beheadings and stuff on the front pages, Christianity remains strong and is, in fact, the fastest growing religion in Iran, one of the most hardline Islamic countries in the world today. In the report from CBN, wherein the interviewees, Iranians visiting Kurdistan, have requested anonymity for their protection, former Muslims are revealing that many are coming to Jesus through supernatural dreams and visions. Dennis, one such ex-Muslim, who had converted to Christianity after having a dream about Jesus, admits that desperation in Iran is driving more people to run to Christ as the answer to their predicaments. There's more. In fact, since then, the Lord has given me two more con confirming articles from different parts of the world, one from Christian News and another one from the Christian Herald. Praise God. It's awesome to get confirmations, to just be acting out of faith. Isn't that one of the best parts of our walk is that you feel in your heart that the right thing to do is to do this, and you just go ahead and do it because that's how you feel. And then later you'll see something in the Bible and you'll say, wow, there it is. It's right there in the Bible. And then later you'll start to see ex uh, what, what you would call empirical, empirical confirmations. Those are articles and testimonies, anecdotes and such like that of people from around the world that confirm what it is you're doing is what the Lord, you know, it, it's reality. Um, I've testified many times about this man uh, that I was speaking to live on a Skype call in Australia. He was anointed, and, you know, he wanted me to, you know, he wanted to contact me and talk to me before coming on the radio show. And um, we were just chatting and such like that. And, you know, oh, well, the show's at this time. I guess you'll be calling in at such and such an hour, that kind of stuff, you know, mundane. And all of a sudden he goes, hey, I see the fire of God swirling around your house and two mighty warrior angels standing in front of your front door. And I just about lost it. 
Because for years I had been declaring the fire of God to swirl around my house. I could never see it. But God will send somebody or something to you if your eyes and ears are open and eventually confirm it. And the more controversial it is, the more persistent our Father will be over time to confirm it. Because the devil will try to erode that belief and cause you to have second thoughts about it. For example, the concept of pre-existence, which is not even, to me, it's not even, it's not even debatable. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, so obvious now, I can't believe I struggled with it for so long. But the Father, our Father, has confirmed it for me over years of time in multiple ways that were impossible to explain. So very highly supernatural. And each time I was just blown away. Because the persistence of God to make sure that I did not drop that belief because of how significant it is to for us to to embrace because it explains everything. And not to motivate us on a level that is impossible with that which is taught in churchianity. From Wings of Prophecy, Friday, May 17th of 2019, it says, this prophecy, New intensity, my children, much is occurring in the realm that you cannot see. The battle is heating up to an intensity never seen on the earth, and soon it will spill over into the realm that you can see. Can anyone say LGBT, LMNOP? That's just the beginning of it all. You must prepare yourself for these changes. I mean, she goes on in a brackets and says, I saw that he meant spiritually preparing by studying his word about how he has us in the palm of his hand and he is with us no matter what happens. Goes on to say, plans are being put into action. I saw plans of attack, <clears throat> like terrorist attacks, attacks by other countries, and much activity will soon break through from the spiritual into the physical. Pray. The judgments are set. They're locked in. Pray you will be able to endure. We are the sons of God. We are the masters of the devil and the demons. And we are the servants and foot watchers of mankind. Ezekiel 22.30, so I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. But you have, Father, because we heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? And we said, Here we are, Father, send us. Let us contend together. For I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance and let us contend together. State your case before the courts of heaven that you may be acquitted. John fourteen twelve to 14. Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. But greater works than these will he do because I go unto the Father. 
what are those greater works? Well, let's just examine this. I do this all the time. I always ask myself, why? What could be? Am I seeing this right? Am I thinking about this right? Are there bigger and better things that we ought to be doing and we're not? Those are the kinds of things that constantly swirl around in my head. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I know exactly what A.A. A. Allen did. I know exactly what Smith Wigglesworth did. I know exactly what Leonard Ravenhill did. I know exactly what all of these people did because I've read their biographies. And I was amazed at the amazing things that the Lord did and worked through their lives. It was a, a, a wonderful learning experience, but not one single thing did any of those forefathers of Christianity do that was greater than Jesus. So what's this referring to? I'm here to tell you that when I pray, no holds barred. <laughs> I'm like greater things. There you go. Hey, Jesus may have cast the demons into the swine and let them jump into the pond or whatever, the lake. Um, and, and, you know, because they're like, have you come to punish us before our time? You know, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I have. I'm here now and I'm going to punish you. Because greater things than these will we do. Because our king has gone unto the Father. So many Christians will not do anything that they, don't, they can't find a scripture for in the Bible. How sad is that? It's, it's absolutely tear-gushingly sad. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, that we can ask or even think of according to the power that works in us. Praise God. First John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Wait a minute. It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Whoops. There you go. It's pretty much an explicit instruction. Colossians 2.15, Jesus has disarmed principalities and powers. Those are second-order demons. And these are, you know, like Prince of Persia and stuff, you know, and Daniel's 21-day fast and all that. Supposedly very powerful, but I just look at them as stinking entities from the bowels of Sheol and the bottom of the pit. And there are actually preachers out there that have preached, you know, well-known ones that have preached openly about, oh, you never go after second-order demons. And I'm like, where's that in the Bible? <laughs> like, the reason why they thought that was because they knew that they had, uh, they, they, you know, they, they considered themselves to be a pastor's pastor. And then these pastors would be like, well, I'm having all these terrible problems in my life. And then they have a conversation with this particular church leader. And the, then the church leader would say, oh, well, no wonder you're having so many problems in your life. You're under attack. Uh, you shouldn't be praying against second-order demons. I mean, that's exactly what the person thought. And I'm like, you know, no, wrong, wrong. Stand. Having done all to stand, don't be wimping out because you're going through some hard times and getting some purple hearts. That's the time to get determined. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Intensified prevailing prayer. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. 
Charles Spurgeon said, he who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Written by a man named Wesley Duell, entitled Mighty Prevailing Prayer. Pretty anointed. James 5.16b says, The effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Doesn't say it avails everything, does it? Fervent meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity. Impassioned, passionate, intense, vehement, ardent, sincere, fervent, and heartfelt. Is that how you pray? 2 Kings 20, verse 5, King Hezekiah, our father, says to him, after telling him he's going to kill him, he says, I have seen your tears, and I will answer you. Hmm, let's think about that for a while. Could it be that if King Hezekiah did not cry out from the bottom of his heart, that God would not have seen his tears, and God would not answer his prayers? I would say that that's a mighty yes. We cast out demons, Mark sixteen seventeen to 18, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink or ingest, look at the word in the Greek. It has many words, but it basically means essentially what happened to Paul in the island of Malta when the viper bit, bit his hand, and they all thought he was a god because he shaked it loose of his hand and went on talking about Jesus. The venom from the Two fangs of the viper, which is very similar to the vaccine, by the way, from a metaphorical standpoint, had no effect whatsoever on the Apostle Paul, because we have the promise right here, they will drink anything or ingest anything deadly, and it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do we believe? 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, earthly, pepper spray, guns, heaven forbid, knives. The Lord told me, after I had got thrown down the stairs by a strongman demon, and police were in the front yard and all kinds of stuff, you know, I, I got a little freaked out, I'll admit it. And I'd already gotten rid of all the guns and everything, and I was already preaching against guns. But then... Because of the impact of the event that occurred and how freaked out I was over it, I went and got myself a powerful stun gun, and I got myself some of that pepper spray that you use to keep grizzly bears away from you. It shoots like 30 feet, right? And I hung it actually right beside the front door of my house. And the Lord told me, throw that stuff away. Brand new. <laughs> like $120 worth of stuff. And I just walked over to the door and picked it up off the hooks that I put up and went out to the trash can and tossed it in the trash because I needed to. God told me to because I was in violation of his word. And I was forfeiting his protection and his power by virtue of even having the carnal weapons in my possession. Ephesians 6:10 through 13 Finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but we instead 
We instead, we wrestle against principalities. We wrestle against powers. We wrestle against rulers of darkness of this age. We wrestle against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly or high places. That is a more appropriate term because that is referring to the air, the demonic, the spiritual realm where these entities of stink live and fight against us. We are their enemy, not the unbelievers. It is us. They covet. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Luke 10, verse 19, Behold, Jesus said. Now remember, he's talking to the 70 sinners that were following him around. He, there's probably multitudes more than that, of course, but he picked out 70, and he sent them out, and he said, Use my name, and go from village to village, and all that kind of stuff. And guess what? They came back. Their minds were blown. They were like, Oh my gosh, even the demons respond to your name. And Jesus goes, Well, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wait a minute. Golly gee, that sounds familiar. Huh. Let's reflect. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up servants. They will ingest anything deadly above it. By no means hurt them. If they lay hands on the sick, they will recover. It will by no means hurt them. By no means hurt them. Wait a minute. That sounds an awful lot like nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke 10, verse 19. Wow. Oh, but I'm afraid those evil ISIS people are going to come and chop my head off. I'm worried. I have a bum knee. Mark 9.25, when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. He talked to the demon, he talked to the mountain, he talked to the demon, he talked to the mountain, he commanded the demon. That's what we do. We don't go, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, please. I think my son or daughter is demon-possessed. Please, Father God, remove those evil demons. Ain't nothing going to happen. Nothing's going to happen, because you are not being obedient to the Word of God. And the real mystery of Mark 9.25 is the fact that Jesus even bothered to wait until the people came running together. Why did he do that? Doesn't that sound a little showboaty? Oh, wait a minute. John 14, 12, 13, and 14. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's why I've told people that were in countries that were being forced to take the vaccine, if you're going to be forced to take it, you better lay your hands right on that needle and you say at the top of your lungs so everyone in the room can hear it, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I command this into saline. It shall have no power over my body. God likes to be showboated. When Jesus saw the people come running together, when he saw the multitudes come running toward him so they could witness the power of Christ, he said, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Don't you see? It was critical to Jesus that the people saw it to glorify God. And so be it in your life as well. Matthew twelve twenty eight thirty. But if I cast out demons, Jesus said, by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house? Who's the strong man? 
That's the superior demon. They run in packs. Sometimes there's dozens of them inside of a person. Okay, but there's always one that's like in command. And then there's like subordinate demons. And the strong man is the you know, the most powerful of the demons that are inside the individual. The house is the person's body. The goods are the subordinate demons. So how can one enter a – let's just translate this. Take away the metaphors and put the words that it actually is referring to in place of what they actually mean. Verse 29, Matthew 12. Or how can one enter – a human body with the power of Jesus Christ and cast out the strongest of the demons and then get rid of the subordinate demons that are under him unless he first gets rid of the most powerful demon. Then he will get rid of the subordinate demons that are inside the human body. That's what this means. Hallelujah. Matthew twelve forty three to 45. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I will return to my house, the body from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order because they were cast out. But then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Why? So shall it be with this wicked generation, because they failed to go and sin no more. Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The church of today, the few that even do any casting out of demons at all, and I do mean the few, usually they are Assembly of God or Pentecostal, they won't tell the person that they cast the demons out. They won't instruct. I know. I was part of that for years and years and years. They, they'll, they'll gather around. The elders will gather around if it's a Wednesday night and everybody's gone home and they got somebody there that they got to get the demons out of or somebody that wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So they'll do that. That's good. Praise God. But what they, what they miss, they'll cast the demon out. And they'll praise God and jump around and hallelujah, and, and it's a, it is a glorious thing. It's a wonderful thing when somebody's delivered. You can actually see an incredible change take place right before your eyes. But here's the thing. If they don't counsel that individual to take charge of their life and to cast out the demons and teach them that they have the authority, those demons are coming back. Because the moment that that person leaves that church, goes home, and goes back into sin, seven other spirits more wicked than themselves will enter and dwell in their bodies even though they were cast out at the Assembly of God on Wednesday night, the prior night before. And therein lies the problem. It's ineffective if you do not teach the individual what they must do. Those demons are going to come right back. You accomplish nothing by casting out the demons if you do not train the individual what they must do and how they must live in order to prevent them from coming back because they have a legal right in the courts of heaven to come back and enter the clean swept house. So when we pray, we have to have reasons behind our prayer tactics, and ideally you would be able to back them, at least a lot of them. I mean, it's not that you don't want to be able to improvise. It's not that you don't want – you want to be able to grow past uh, 
what's in the Bible. You want to be able to grow past that. If you limit yourself to what's in the Bible, then you might as well rip out the last chapter of the book of John because it says right there, if we have written down everything that Jesus had done, I suppose it would fill enough books to fill up the entire world. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's apply this. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Looking at the time. Good deal. Hallelujah. Praise God. 25 minutes. That's wonderful. This one timed out pretty good. Praise you, Father. So, before I continue, for those who have not heard this testimony, I don't know why, but I was sitting here praying at my desk, and out of nowhere, I felt impressed in my spirit that the Lord was saying to me that I needed to go buy a golden cup golden cup of forgiveness. And I thought, oh, that's weird. Okay. Time in my walk, I, I knew when feelings would come over me that were out of place. They were obviously not me. So who could they be? They had to be the Father, the Spirit of God, maybe the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait a minute. Aren't they all one and the same, but separate? And I felt, and I was like, what? Oh, well, all right, okay. So I go on to Amazon, which is my favorite little place to go buy things, and you know, because I hate to go shopping because I'm a guy, and guys don't like to shop. And so, I, so anyway, I'm on Amazon, and I'm like, you know, I type in golden cup. What else am I going to type in? Well, sure enough, golden cups came up, $800, $1,500, $5,000, all kinds of real golden cups. And I thought, wait, uh, this is this can't be right. So I went to eBay, and I typed in golden cup. And right there, bam, on the main page, was this golden cup. Kind of just big enough that, you know, big enough that you could hold it in your hands, but almost requires two hands. But you can definitely hold it in one hand. Well, it was only $14, and I was like, Okay, that's it. I knew it. I already knew it. I saw it, and I was like, that's it. So I bought it. It came to the house in a box, of course. But what I didn't notice until I got it was that it was covered in grapes and grapevines. Then I knew even more so that it was actually our father that told me to buy it. Symbolism. So I got it, and I knew what it was for. He wanted me to pray and raise up the golden cup of forgiveness to him and ask him to forgive people. Somebody asked me, well, where's that in the Bible? And Well, right off, that, that kind of, you know, you're already on the wrong foot when you're asking those kinds of questions because if the person obviously – so I just said, look, just do a search, do a word study in the Bible on the word cop. Okay, it's all over the place. So anyway, so I actually have what the Lord gave me. So to me, it's very real, and I'm only sharing this testimony with you to understand the concept of this symbolic gesture before our Father – 
as a royal priest, we're holding up a golden cup of forgiveness, and we're asking our Father to pour it out upon the people. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Read the book of Revelation. Look at how the cups are poured out in judgment upon people. Just understand these concepts, and then fill in the blanks. It's so easy. It's not complicated. Don't let yourself get trapped in churchianity in the little $40 a week collection plate, okay, where you're sitting there learning absolutely nothing, and the only thing you get is occasional Jesus hugs, and that's about it. Transcend. Do greater things than these, than our King Jesus did. Accept the commission. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to run out of time. Okay. Thank you, Father. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I raise up this golden bowl of forgiveness before your throne. Father, I pray, Father, forgive the peoples of the lands of Europe. Father, forgive the peoples all the way from the west coast of Ireland to the eastern sides of the Ukraine. Father God, from the northern sides of Norway to the southern sides of Cyprus, and all lands in between, Father God, the good and the bad, every nation, tribe, and tongue, in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that you will forgive them, for they know not what they do. Pour out the golden bowl of forgiveness upon them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we part the spiritual realm into the Red Sea above the lands of Europe in Jesus' name. For safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely and unhindered into the spiritual realm and into the earthly realm to do what we command in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Your will be done. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as a royal priesthood, as Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, as Daniel did in chapter 9, 25, we confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Europe. We confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands across all of Europe. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their father's fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, we thank you, Jesus. Now we have loosed the legal rights of the demons to maintain their positions. They've been forgiven, at least for the time being. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places, we come against you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into horrific agony. We declare the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you into screaming agony in the name of Jesus Christ and to stick to you like white hot napalm running through the spiritual realm, making a public spectacle of of yourselves in front of all the other demons, scattering the darkness in all directions. We declare and decree in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, an innumerable company of angels of war and archangels to follow, diamond-tipped sword sharp as razor blades to enter into the spiritual realm and to wage war against these entities such as never been seen since before there was time. 
unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior. Strong men, come forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Release the peoples across the lands of Europe. Subordinate demons, out now. We decree hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony because we have come to punish you before your time. Hallelujah. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God will break this, can break the seals. Thank you, Jesus. Even if for time, Father, we're looking for a breakthrough. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot and to sustain it through your perfect timing, Father around about all of the peoples in the lands of Europe, the good and the bad, in Jesus' name, on all sides. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. We decree in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the crystal river, the living water, the abundant grace of God to flow deep into their hearts across all of the lands of Europe, deep into their hearts to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in accordance with John 15, 16, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name for an innumerable company of angels of light and love to descend upon them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction and open and standing visions of the day. Holy Lord Jesus, we pray your presence upon the peoples of the lands of Europe as they fall deep asleep. The presence of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. We ask you, Lord, our friend, to raise and lift your hand to them and call them by their name in their native tongue. Introduce them to the man in the white robe, compassion, light, and love, such as that which they have never experienced. We pray, O Lord, have mercy upon those who do not know you. Introduce yourself to them. Call them. Increase the ranks of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Father, our Father, our Abba Father, Father God that you may be glorified many, many times a magnitude more gloriously than was even conceived when the entire universe was created, that you, Father, may be glorified because of your Son, Jesus. Touch them, awaken them, and increase the power of the body in the days that we have in front of us in the name of Jesus that collectively may, we may glorify you and fulfill our destiny before your throne, courts, and glorious, glorious heavens. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you, Father God, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you next Friday, Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise His holy name.
King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice as we lift your name on high. Renew our mind, renew our soul, remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride to set her free. Watch us as we trim our wicks, our lamps are full, our hearts are right, like those five wise virgins we will be. Your bride awaits thee patiently. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.